Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. If you are living in Australia, there is a very special episode of The Guilty Feminist at the National Museum of Australia in Canberra on Wednesday, the 5th of April at 7pm. Me, Steph Tisdell and some very special guests to be announced. Also, we are currently planning a show in Sydney with Queers of Joy on the 4th of April. Watch out for tickets for that, which are not yet on sale, but you can book now for the Canberra show using the link in the show notes or by going to guiltyfeminist.com and clicking on live shows. And now, back to the podcast. Hello, Leicester Square Theatre! Are you ready for a little bit more Guilty Feminist? Then please welcome to the stage the incredible Felicity Ward and Deborah Francis-White! Hello, you lovely, lovely audience. G'day, bitches. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but um, you go to a comedy show. You, of course, on the way out, talk about it. Go, was that as good as the last gig? I liked this one. I didn't like that one. Of course, you have opinions on the show. We understand that. But I don't know if you know, comedians also talk about audiences. (laughs) Oh, every time, don't they? they? Every single time. And I can just tell you tonight, your reviews are in. Finest audience of your generation. (laughs) Your generation. 
That's right. They're loving you. They're like, oh, they're such a lovely crowd. Helen Bauer actually said, I heard the Guilty Feminist crowd was so lovely. That's all anyone says is, oh, my God, they're so lovely, they're so lovely, they're so lovely. But they were lovelier than I'd heard. That's right, my friends. Cuties. Absolute cuties, you. Um, And we've got a few minutes now at the top of this half to ask you for some BT wisdom. Yay! So, Felicity, yes. tonight we're going to ask this audience, and they've had prep time, do you have any feminist wisdom? And if so, they had prep time, oh, my God, I am so excited about doing crowd work with Guilty Feminists. I know. Because you always do crowd work. I've done it once. I don't know why we're about to waltz. <laughs> um, close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Tomorrow I'll miss you. What are we doing? It's, um, That's from Young Talent Time. It is, it is. It is. But that was also a Beatles song, so I think that oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. know it. But I knew why Have you, you heard were doing of the it. Beatles? Has anyone yeah. here heard of it? <laughs> no, yes. I thought you were doing it because of an evocation of, I a, was. of a television show that we watched when we were growing up in Australia. It was. Does any give us a cheer for any Australians in? Yeah. Any Australians in who are old enough to remember Young Talent Time? Yeah. Yes, and absolutely. who was on Young Talent Time? Danny and Kylie Minogue. Yes, absolutely. That's where this they started. Danny was the famous one then. That's when Danny yeah, was, the, Danny famous was one. the famous one. And there was like a special episode where they got her sister on as a bit of, you know, what a lovely leg up for it. Kylie. I literally remember that. They Didn't did, the it, tables turn? Yeah. <laughs> I remember it. They sang Sisters Doing It For Themselves. And we yes. were like, oh, this is Danny's sister. Or Danielle, as she was then. Anyway, yeah. we're getting off point. <laughs> Are we, or is talking about the Minogue sisters on International sure Women's, Women's Day, Day the exactly, only right exactly. thing to do? It's actually very right feminist. It's actually very Listen, feminist. If I could yeah. book either of them, I fucking would. Now, right. you've got to. Oh, I must. You have to. I will. Now, does anyone have any feminist wisdom? Yes. Okay. What's your What's your feminist wisdom? After a male bee mates with a female bee, the male will die. (laughs) Whilst I love this as a fact, how would we apply that in the workplace, for example? (laughs) Please do not apply it on Bumble. (laughs) Despite the name. Despite, do not take oh, a run with that. That's the tagline. If you go out with me, I'll treat you like a king and I'll be your queen bee. Which is, I'll fucking kill you after we have sex. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't want that kind of violence. We do not do, condone homicide. Not, it doesn't matter the direction of gender travel, but a lovely thing to pull out at a dinner party. <laughs> I tell you where, what's good to pull out. Well, sorry. Hey! Don't hey! Dinner party. Don't hey. pull it out. Don't pull it out at the dinner party. But a, lov- a lovely fact in a time of crisis. Thank you. Uh, do we have any other? Yes. Yes. What was yours? Uh, after I got divorced, I promised myself that I would never take on a man's emotional labour, and I have to ever again. The only time that my boyfriend, who I love dearly, is sort of leaning on me a little bit too much, I told him that it's above my pay grade for me to call him first. Oh. <laughs> So I'm just going to repeat that for the yeah, listeners yeah. at home. Say it for the people in the back. For the, uh, okay. So what's your name? George. George. After George's divorce, she decided she was never going to take on a man's emotional labour again. So anytime her boyfriend gets a bit too much, she says, that's above my pay grade. Go and see your therapist. Yeah. Yum. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Mm. Get your therapist to write a thank you note to your mum. Um, 
have we got any? Have we got any uh, feminist wisdom in the middle? Or oh, yes. yes, right in the middle. What's your name? Pardon, Lorna. Lorna. No, no, no. We don't want close enough. No, no, no. I'm not say close enough. No, no, no. Your name is important. Ornith. Ornith. Beautiful. O r n e t h. No. <laughs> not close enough, Ornith. Not close are, enough. Are you Irish, Ornith? Yes. Okay, oh, so, so it's, so it's like B-H. <laughs> P-Y. Can you, can you spell it for us? Of course it is. O-D-H. It starts with O-D-H and that's O-D-H. all I have. But just to keep the show rolling on oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, what's your feminist wisdom? Don't apologise when you say anything ever in a workplace situation. Don't apologise when you say anything ever in a workplace situation. Okay, Ornith. And how you flip that rather than apologising mm. is thank them for what they have done. So rather mm. saying, sorry, I'm late, you say thank you for being accommodating. So, like, if I... Thank you for accommodating my lateness. So if okay. I go, oh, if I'm in the workplace and I go, yeah. oh, that was a bad decision, you dumb cunt, then... <laughs> Then I would say I appreciate that you can accept feedback. Okay. That's so feminist. If I spill a hot coffee into a man's lap, I say thank you for receiving my espresso. Thank you. Okay. Just checking. Just checking in. I think there are some things we should apologise for, but they are only... They start and end with dropping hot coffee into someone's lap. <laughs> yeah, um, I reckon that's an apology. That's, a, that's an apology. apology. Anybody else got anything? But we, lo- we love that one, yes? More of a variation. Stop apologising for taking up space. Stop, Stop apologising for, for taking, taking up space. space. OK, yes, I see what you mean. And yes. do you, like, can you give me an example, though? Like when you bump into something. Anything. When you bump into something. <laughs> I've apologised to a table leg before. Oh, I have to, yeah. Come on. I've apologised to things. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, God damn it, it's Sorry, a Sorry, box. Again? Yeah. I find getting down the aisle of a plane or a train a troubling. Because I think I do... You know, this dress is deceptive. I'm taking up more space than... The, the, the dress suggests I'm taking up. But, it, but I have got hips, do you know what I mean? I've got shoulders. Lots of people do. <laughs> but I've got, like, you know, I'm a woman of hip and thigh. I can, I I can uh, identify with that. I don't have shoulders, but I've got one of these little buddies. I've got a little tum-tum. But got... that's... If you walk down an aisle, your tummy doesn't make any difference. It's hip... Oh, I've got hips as well. Yeah. It's just my tits are so massive, it doesn't look like I have hips. <laughs> but if you take in my waist, yeah. I do... I've got hips. Yeah, yeah. I've got... Absolutely no ass. Absolutely. <laughs> if together we would make a phenomenal Kardashian. Can you imagine? Can you, what? <laughs> we are the Minogue sisters. We are. We, we are. If a, we are. If a, we went to a plastic surgeon and said, "Make us one person," we yeah. would be the richest influencer on oh Instagram. My God. Because I've got the ass. Yeah. You've got the tits. Yeah. Let's make lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. This has been very cabaret tonight. Hasn't does it? Does anybody else have some wisdom for us? Yes. yes. Good. What's yours? The Giant Cock Award with You won the Giant Cock wings. Award? Okay. So just to recap, there is an award. Could you just say what the award is again? Is it called the Flying Wang Award? Is that what it's... <laughs> is it called... Golden Flying Penis. 
The golden, the golden flying, flying penis. penis. And My it's apologies. for the best. There are different categories, but it could be someone who's a sexologist. It could be someone who's a sex worker. It could be someone in the adult entertainment industry. But for some reason, the trophy is a penis. And our friend who's up for it in the audience is called Beaver Meadows. <laughs> and she could win it. She doesn't want to win a penis, and I understand that. Sorry. I wasn't here for the name. No. That's why I was recapping. It's a good name. Just quietly. Yes. Is that a real name? Uh, I think, yeah. I think it's a real name, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's a state... Like it's Can, a, we, have a not, Can we have a chat? Can we have a quick chat? I just uh, want to find out. I, I, I didn't interrogate it any further because I thought it could be a Canadian name or it could be <laughs> a stage name. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. But I thought, I don't want to be prurient. Like, she said her name's Beaver Meadows and I accept her for who she is. It's, she I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. There's yeah. no... May I, Beave, if I may? <laughs> is it... Hi. Um, is that, is, is that um, your Christian name? Or is it your... your I don't birth think it's Christian, no. No, no. <laughs> I'm, they have Christianity in Canada. I think there were many St. Beavers yeah, of the city. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the but beavers turn logs into wine or something. I can't remember. Um, beaver, is that, uh, is, is that a, the name you were uh, gifted as a child? No. no. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you changed it legally? Yeah. Yes. Oh, legally changed it! Happy International Women's Day. Match for Beaver Meadows, oh. who has gone that deed poll office oh. and looked them in the eye and said, my new name is Beaver Meadows. Beaver Meadows. Princess Consuela Banana Hammock can fuck off. <laughs> I stuff, love it. And I if you are listening it. at home, Beaver Meadows is punching the air repeatedly as well she should. <laughs> now, so that's the trophy. That's the situation as it stands. And could you please tell us your now feminist wisdom? You want it? Oh, hold on. Can, you're close enough to the mic. We could give you the mic so I don't have to repeat. Okay. What's your name? Alex. Alex. What are the chances of having someone in who's nominated and someone in who's won it? And I would say it's a guilty feminist show, so very fucking high. <laughs> Alex, please come forward, if you don't mind, if that's okay. Would you like to come on stage? You don't have to. You can just take my hand. Okay, Alex. She's an award winner. Award winner. Okay, I'm going to give you this mic. Because Alex is... Yeah, great. Thank you. Welcome to the stage, Alex. Um, so I won the award in 2006. Excellent. What Four. is the award called? Oh, it's changed names. So oh, like the Perrier. Early, but I was the category of sex worker. Okay. So I was a stripper. And um, Did I, you win best stripper? What is, the, what is the... Yeah, there was quite a few people that competed and that was the... Do there's, you compete at the awards? Do they have like a short list? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, and, yeah. and you perform at the awards? Yeah. Fucking wow. yes, mate. Can I get a new one? And presumably a... you changed your name too. Yeah. Were, were, yeah. were you... I mean, it wasn't... <laughs> I just, I just want to know if your mum called you Fifi and you changed it to Alex as an act of rebellion or something No, like that. my name is Alex now, but it was a long time ago. It was 2006 yeah. that I won the award, so I went by a different name then. Um, but when I won the award, I was actually really embarrassed to hold this giant penis. Mm. penis. Um, and I was a bit embarrassed when the photos were being taken, so I was kind of like... 
holding it behind me. Just like, Don't put it behind you. Of any of the places. That, that only makes things worse sometimes, doesn't it? Um, but when I got home, my best friend had made me a new award and it was a giant, bigger, much bigger flying vulva. Beaver, did you know this? Did you know about Alex and the recreation of the vulva? No, you didn't. So this is, you've got to get together after the show. I feel like yeah. there's a version because of Because you're trying to get the award changed. Have you said what you're trying to get it changed to? Or just something more neutral? Neutral yes. inclusive, yeah. Yes. So that whoever wins it, it doesn't. It's not about a body part. It's about who they are. Yeah. So you need to. Could you get involved in this campaign? Yeah. I. I. I wish I knew what you looked like. <laughs> Where can I find you after? Do you mind just? Beaver. Beaver. Oh, do you, do you want to come up on stage? Yeah. Just come so on up, Beaver. Yeah. Come on up. And Deb. You know how you used to ask if anyone was wearing a feminist t-shirt? Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. you seen Beaver's t-shirt? No, show me. God oh. can say. Oh. Her t-shirt says God consent in question mark. Beaver, we love you. Could you get a little photo? Alec, Callum, are you in taking photos? Do you mind if we put them together between us? Could we get a little photo? Oh, yeah, you, hop in the you come in the middle. Come in the middle, Alex. Um, this is a wonderful moment. Clean it up. Oh, beaver, beaver meadow, not meadows. There's only one beaver meadow. There's one meadow. There's only one beaver, yeah. But there's one beaver and there's one meadow. Okay. So there's not many beavers in a meadow. <laughs> one meadow, one beaver. That's right, you've got it right. Thank and you. listen, where can we follow you and follow your sexologist work? Uh, I'm on TikTok and I'm the disability sex coach. Yes. yes! We should get you on the podcast as a disability sex coach. Would you like to come and guest on? I'd love to. Okay, great. Well, let's, let's figure that out. So um, is, is Rachel in? If Rachel slid into your DMs, would you... I, I slid into your DMs, but you haven't seen it yet. Oh! <laughs> well, Beaver, I don't mean to be rude, but did you get consent? <laughs> and Alex, is there any way you'd like us to follow you or anything you're doing you'd like to plug? Um, uh, <laughs> no, no. Follow, follow, follow. We, you know that you can follow more than one we pe- can follow, person. That's the whole idea of social media, that you follow lots of people. Uh, okay. Um, it's a long name, Alexandra Hofgartner. That's okay. Do you so know you this is recorded? To... So people, if they didn't get it, they just press the rewind button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. I'm, I'm a bit afraid being... Uh, you absolutely don't have to say it. We can cut that out if you don't no, want loads of randoms fine. following you. These no, people are a bit dodgy, to be no, fair. No, I wouldn't. Just thinking, I don't mean, we're just going out on the wider podcast. You might not want that if you're not particularly doing anything at the moment that you want followed for. You don't no, know. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. If you want it. Yes. Got consent? Yes. Yeah, great. Yes. 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 Can we have a big round of applause for Beaver and Alex? Excellent. Trade, trade phone absolutely. numbers. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, oh, can wow. you believe it? It's hard to believe it, but I do now that's happened. Um, it's, that was supposed to go for 10 minutes and it went for 20. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is well, very typical of you and I, to be fair. It is, but I heard there is no show after us and we were told there would be another reason. So I think we can probably run over by 10. Uh, sure, you can. I have another gig to yeah, get yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you? Have you got enough time to do your stand-up? Yeah, of course I do. Okay. <laughs> then please, welcome to the stage to do her stand-up Comedy, the incredible Felicity Ward! Uh, for the people listening at home, I just took a sassy sip of water and spilled it all down my face. <laughs> Got a drinking problem. I, um, little airplane joke. Oh, side note, this is not a joke, little fact for you, only Australians will know. You, uh, you may know the movie Airplane, the 1970s pun filled masterpiece. Uh, in Australia, it's called Flying High. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> I thought you would be more impressed with that. <laughs> but you weren't. So, I am uh, I, I'm going to the Just For Last Festival after this. Um, and tomorrow, I am doing a show called The Motherfucking Trilogy. And it is supposed to be three hours altogether. It's going to be about two and a half. And uh, there are still a couple of tickets left if you want to get some. But I was going to, because it's International Women's Day, talk, uh, just give you the first, like, five or ten minutes of my uh, birth story because I have just had a baby. Um, three years ago. And uh, <laughs> he's not backstage, he's at home, don't worry. And he's not by himself either. <laughs> he's got the iPad. Um, or mum, as he started calling it. And... Uh, so it was, no, it was November uh, 2019 and I was nine months pregnant and uh, my son was due on the 19th of November and my mum was flying over from Australia to be there. So the phrase due date has never been so important because it's very expensive if he doesn't come on time, you know. <laughs> so um, mum lands at the airport and, uh, and I take her straight to a Costa Coffee, which I think is very important when you're in the UK. If you've got someone visiting, you've got to take them straight to Costa. It's a, very important because, number one, it's a British-owned company, yeah? You want to support local business. Costa is... Not local, but it is British, yeah? And also, to go to a Costa Coffee is to understand what you will get when you go to anywhere in the UK. It's a good representation. It's subpar food, it's poor customer service, and it's immigrants getting paid less than minimum wage. It's very... It just sets them up, you know? So also to uh, preface this, I, I have to tell you that every antenatal class that I went to, prenatal, antenatal sounds like you're against childbirth, doesn't it? I'm actually a bit antenatal. I don't... Yuck. Yuck. I don't speak Latin, okay? <laughs> Uh, so in every uh, prenatal class or any article that I read about uh, birth, all of them said, do not worry about your water breaking. Don't, it's not like Hollywood films. It can be, but it very rarely is. Hollywood, they overdo it. There's water everywhere. Sometimes your water doesn't even break. Sometimes the doctor has to break it for you. Sometimes it's just a drip. Often you don't even know that it's happening. And that was reassuring to me. So, my son was due on the Tuesday, very early, about 2am uh, on the Saturday morning. I woke up and needed to do wheeze. It had happened before, probably happen again. <laughs> and I was very, very pregnant 
And it was so it was very difficult to get out of my very new, very expensive, very comfortable couch. Every time I got in, it was like a family-friendly overdose, you know, just like, ah. It's like melting into a cloud. So I get one leg out and uh, do a little bit of wee, a little splash, and uh, just a little bit, just a little bit, tiny bit, just to let me know. Funnily enough, never wet myself during pregnancy. Not once. Isn't that weird? Shat myself twice, but... <laughs> Once while I was on stage, I didn't know what was happening. Didn't know what happened. Can you imagine? Didn't know. I got off stage and I was like, I was at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, got off stage, I'm like, I had a pretty good show. Feeling pretty smug. Sat down the toilet and went, I did not have a good show. And I panicked and I didn't know what to do. So it just, it wasn't heaps, it was just enough to go, that's not a skid mark, that's, that's an appearance. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a cameo, that's a feature. You would get paid. <laughs> so anyway, I panicked. I took my underpants off and I didn't know what to do. So I just stuck them in the bin. Of the, well, I mean, that, and that felt very scandalous, but also I'm not going to stick them in my fucking purse, am I? I'm not going to take them with me. So I leave them there. I've got a skirt on. I've got no underpants. I'm walking around commando, and that is not me. I have never ever had the confidence or the pelvic fortitude to walk without underpants. It's just not me, you know? So I go outside. It's very invigorating. I am praying that I don't need to sneeze. And I'm walking and there's a shop across the road. It's open, which never happens in Australia. It's 8 o'clock at night. So I go in there. I go to the underpants section. I get a five-pack. Because if you're going to get daily undies, you may as well get a multi-pack, you know? If you're going to get one, get five. You do that with everyday undies. You don't do that with sexy undies, do you? You don't go, you know what, I'll get two pairs of edible undies, actually. <laughs> now, give me five, give me five, just in case we use them all up. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even know what edible underpants look like, and then I, there's two different kinds, and I, the only thing I know is they both give you diabetes. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm in the bed, and I do a little bit of splash, and I'm like, okay, quick, you've got to get out. And then I felt more coming, I'm like, oh no, I think my water's breaking. And then I got up and so much came out and I'm like, oh no, not the new mattress. So I sort of like shuffled away. And let me tell you, it was like Kevin Costner's water world. There was, I think I saw Jack and Rose clinging to a door <laughs> as they went past. And so I did, it just, it just kept coming. And so I'm like, oh, honey, I, I think my water's breaking. And, and my husband woke up and went, okay, let's go. <laughs> you know when you're at a party and there's a guy passed out on the couch and goes, I could drive. <laughs> and you're like, you can't even speak English, mate. You're not, you're not getting in behind a wheel, not at all. He's like, okay, I can go. And we were, like, nervous. I didn't have any contractions. I just had the water. And we texted my mother-in-law. And she responded, I think, like any mother-in-law would, pretty casual, just in all caps, I think I'm going to bake a cake. <laughs> just a very chill thing to do at 2 a.m. <laughs> We've got to bake a cake. <laughs> We've got to channel this somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so we call the hospital. We go into the hospital. And uh, they do the tests and they're like, look, you, you haven't gone into contractions, so go home, have a sleep. Um, and then tomorrow go on two big walks to try and get things uh, moving along. And it's so unnerving when a doctor gives you the same advice your mum would as a teenager just to get you out of the house. <laughs> just go on a couple of big walks, yeah. 
It's like, are you actually a doctor? Or mum, were you a secret doctor? Uh, so, we, so we got back in the car and we were going to go home and then we had one of those moments as a couple where you can't believe how on the same page you are. It was 6am and we looked at each other and my husband said, do you want to get Maccas? <laughs> I'm like, of course I want to get Maccas. And we ate our last meal as not parents in the car, Finchley, North Finchley car park, having hot cakes and syrup, all bloody lovely, right? So the next day I got up and I went on the first of one walk. And, uh, and uh, we're walking along and then I get a little tingle in my back and I'm like, I think I'm having a contraction. Isn't that fucking mad? You have no idea what a contraction feels like before you've had one. You're like, is it my elbow? Where is this going to... Why would I... It's happening in my back. Is that a contraction? I mean, later on, you very much know what a contraction feels like and you're very angry about that experience. And then we're walking along, walking along. I get another one that's a little bit stronger. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having a contraction. This is amazing. And it's November. It's about 1.30 p.m., so the sun's setting. And, um, <laughs> you know, all the Christmas lights are up and there's this busker outside Tesco and he's got the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. I can't remember what he was singing, but it wasn't a Christmas carol. And I looked at him and I said, I'm so sorry, I don't have any change. And he looked at me and said, your beautiful smile is enough. And I'm nine months pregnant. And I turned to my husband and went, it's just all so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So here is the thing. It is now the 16th of November. Now, the 16th of November, I'm going into labour. It is my mother's birthday. It's the 16th of November, so we're going to get her some baklava. Now, the other thing is, it's also my husband's sister's birthday on the same day. And so we go and get her some baklava. And also, (laughs) it's my husband's sister's father-in-law's birthday on that same day. So we go and get him some baklava. (laughs) And I might be adding a fourth birthday to this day. Isn't that so cool slash weird and worth investigating? So we go and get some baklava and then we're walking back home and my husband's like, we should get flowers as well. I'm like, that's overkill. They've had heaps of birthdays. Um, All right, yeah, let's get... So I carried what I could, which was his unborn child. (laughs) Now, I'm glad you like that. I've never told this story apart from uh, uh, online once in an Instagram live and, like, once other on stage. So it's very exciting that you're laughing. You're giving me a false confidence and I'll really, like, die tomorrow while I'm like, they're going to love this. Oh, they hated it. All right. Oh, God. Um, so I'm going to tell you something that you probably didn't know. There is so much about birth and pregnancy that we never get told. Now, everyone knows that your water can break and it can break like it does in the Hollywood film. What they didn't tell me at any point is that once your water breaks, it can keep breaking. (laughs) Every 20 minutes, just half a cup of water, a splash, just falls out of you. That can keep having a splash. And you have no control over it because it's got nothing to do with your bladder. You've just got to manage. You've just got to manage. Ah, ah. And like, you 
know when you've got like crippling period pain and you're out doing something, you just have to pretend to the world, you're like, oh, no, it's fine, absolutely fine. It's the same when your water's breaking, you're like, absolutely not. No water coming out of my vagina. None at all, none at all. So it had been breaking this whole time and it had got to the point we'd been out for so long that I needed to change my maternity pad. So we went to the only reliable public toilet in the UK at a bar and um, I went in there and I went to change it and going into a toilet cubicle when you are nine months pregnant is like going into a toilet cubicle with your suitcase at a train toilet. You know where you've sort of got to push your bag in first and then you've got to like lean up against the door and then like tomb raider the door behind you without taking your back skin off. And so I'm trying to get in there and there's a door and there's a toilet and I'm like, oh, I'm smarter than a door and a toilet, aren't I? Please. And then I finally sat down, locked the door and I thought that was the difficult bit. Mate, when you're nine months pregnant, you cannot get under yourself. You can't. It was like a T-Rex trying to change a tyre. Just this little... So I ended up having to do like a Hail Mary pass. Just like shake that one out and flop it in and hope hope for the best. At 12 minutes, I'm going to have to go. You can see the whole story in two hours. Uh, tomorrow, there's a couple of tickets left. I've been Felicity Ward. You have been Angel. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Our guest today was labelled an indie pop wunderkind by Avro Telvani. She creates self-produced punchy bops with groove and a sense of humour. Producing from her bedroom studio, she has created her own brand of self-aware alt-pop 
described by SheWolf as pop music with brains. She is absolutely incredible. If you follow her on TikTok or Instagram, you will know she's absolutely astounding. And she is, in some ways, like changing pop music and what is possible, uh, especially for women and people of minority genders. Please put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for the wonderful Ellie Dixon! <laughs> Welcome to The Guilty Feminist. Thanks for having me. And welcome to the mic. Uh, before we sit down and have a chat, would you like to uh, perform a song for us? I'd love to. Excellent. Are you up for that, Guilty Feminist? Yeah. Right then. I've got to put my bass on. So this is a song called Swing. I released it. Oh, someone knows it. Hey! Thanks for listening. So, um, this song called Swing, and I released it last year. Um, and um, heavily inspired by High School Musical 2, if we have any fans. You know the kitchen scene? Well, yeah, it's that one. So, pretty, uh, pretty highbrow stuff, guys. Um, but yeah, so uh, I wrote the song last year when um, I found a weird corner of the internet, because there, there's a few of them, and um, just started getting some weird, weird hate. And uh, so I took, took the wind out of my sails a bit, because I uh, hadn't had that before. I don't think anything really prepares you for um, the internet. <laughs> um, so I wanted to write a song that kind of took took a bit of the power back and I let myself be a bit angry um, normally I go straight to crying so uh, yeah I thought this time no 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 anger high school musical too <laughs> much better um, so yeah this song is called swing and I'm gonna start it for you guys by looping it um, so the way that I made this song in my bedroom um, was that I started with me hitting a glass with a whisk like this then I added a synth then some clicks then a shaker this is swing Barely started my day, didn't even step up to the plate And you're already playing mind games I might, I might, I might run downstairs Middle of the night, thought I left the oven on Cause you're such a gaslight Always looking down cause you think you're a winner You're so full of it, how'd you even eat your dinner? Uh, batter up, swing, swing If you're gonna play these games, I'll join in Throw a lot of curveballs, yeah, but I'm hidden See, I want a lot, lot more than you're giving me Batter up Swing, swing, if you're gonna play these games, I'll join in Throw a lot of cowboys, yeah, but I'm hidden See, I'm worth a lot, lot more than you're giving me I was just minding my business Then you took a ball and you pitched it Should've known when you checked my statistics Money ball, yeah, you're not such a big fish I can't stand this fake face scam So I hit it right back at you with the grand slam Bet you down for call out the foul ball I'm in the penthouse, you're on the ground floor Like, oh, I thought I left the oven on Cause you're such a gaslight Always looking down cause you think you're a winner You're so full of it, how'd you even eat your dinner? Uh, batter up, swing, swing If you're gonna play these games, I'll join in Throw a lot of cowboys, yeah, but I'm hidden See, I want a lot, lot more than you're giving me Batter up, swing, swing 
that seems so stupid now i'm lucid let you walk all over get up in my face like a toothpick so stupid now i'm lucid let you walk all over now i'm through with it stupid now i'm lucid let you walk all Swing, 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 or better up. Swing, 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 better up. Swing, swing, better up. Swing, swing. If you're gonna play these games, I'll join in. Throw a lot of crossbows, yeah, but I'm hitting. See, I'm worth a lot, lot more than you're giving me. Better up. Swing, swing. If you're gonna play these games, I'll join in. Throw a lot of crossbows, yeah, but I'm hitting. See, I'm worth a lot, lot more than you're giving me. Better up. Swing, swing. If you're gonna play these games, I'll join in. Throw a lot of crossbows, yeah, but I'm hitting. See, I'm worth a lot, lot more. Join me here and let's have a chat. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank um, you. Can I ask, like, this is such an extraordinary way of creating music that you use all sorts of things that you've got at home and you build it all yourself. Um, what made you think of this? What made you think you could do it? Like, how did this start? Um, honestly, it was just kind of a lot of excitement and trial and error. <laughs> um, and my dad installed a bit of production software, basically like dra drag and drop loops, um, onto the family computer, when it was the family computer. <laughs> um, so I fought for my time on the schedule, and uh, yeah, just sort of fell in love with this idea that you could make any sounds, really. And um, also just <laughs> I had a really low budget, didn't really have any yeah. <laughs> actual, I didn't have a drum kit. So. You didn't have any instruments, so you just thought, well, I can make it in a computer-generated way. Yeah, and, and I had a mic and a laptop and sort of thought, right, well, don't have a kick drum, but I've got a desk and I sort of hit it. And then how... <laughs> <laughs> and then how did you think well other people will want to see this and build an audience for it <laughs> I mean I still don't know if anyone wants to see it but no, we do <laughs> we do <laughs> and you've got lots of followers haven't you yeah yeah I, I think um, I, I don't know when I decided people were going to want to hear it um, but I used to I, don't know, I used to take like a saucepan to my live shows and hit it for percussion and um, yeah, I, I don't know how I decided to, to share it. I mean, I think I grew up watching loads of YouTube and seeing other musicians. So I think I was always inspired by people visually sharing what they were doing. Um, so I think that was a big motivator for me was sort of like, oh, I'm going to be a vlogger, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think it always felt natural to me that I was going to visually and, and sound-wise uh, share what I was doing. Um, Is it, yeah. Do you think because you came up in a generation where it could be shared that you thought, oh, well, 
I should share it because that's what people do. Yeah, we're in a sort of Pixar it didn't happen era. So. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the, there's, there was definitely always an inherent thing that I wanted to share it. Yeah, I think part of that is sort of our cultural thing now of wanting wanting to share things. Um, but uh, the first thing I ever made and shared was actually I wrote a really awful song when I was like 12 for my cousins. And um, it was... I mean, it was it was so cringe, but um, my whole I played it to my whole family, like sort of you you know when you force the whole family to sit down and put, yes, you I put do. on a show. Yes. I know <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> um, and so I yeah showed um, showed them this song, and then my whole family just sings it to this day. So I think I've always can, enjoyed sharing. Can you sing a bit of that song? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't believe this is this is my legacy now. So uh, <laughs> my cousins, their surname's the Bradnocks. So I'd sing, uh, Bradnocks, I've been thinking about you, Bradnocks. There's a few things I need to tell you. See, I see you once in a while. Seeing you guys makes me smile. <laughs> Love that. But I think that the the thing is when you when your family embrace your creativity, the creativity of a twelve year old, and encourage you, and they sing it. This is this is what encouraging children is. I don't know. Yeah. If, has anyone seen um, the show by Rob Madge that My Sons Are Queer? But what can you do? Yeah. yeah, it's an incredible show, and it's up for an Olivier. They as a kid basically in a very dictatorial way, forced their family, mum, dad, gran, everybody, to reenact uh, <laughs> uh, bits of West End musicals, like Disney musicals, uh, reenact the whole of the Disney experience. And what's gorgeous about it is it's just this family embracing this kid's yeah. otherness, queerness, fabulousness, and just it, clearly slightly out of their element in the videos going, it's what they want and it's, it's what they want and, and it's who they are and yeah. we're going to love this kid even though they were clearly at times a bit bewildered by it but they just couldn't not show up because they loved this kid more than they didn't understand him. Mm. And it's just the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful show because there's this really lovely, close-knit, working-class family, one kid, and everyone is just pouring their love into this kid and going, it's not what we would do. And it even sort of unpacks it slightly in the show. You need to see it. It's getting another run in the West End. I'm sure it'll go to Broadway. You must, must see it if you can. It's called My Sons of Queer. What, what can you do? And I just think what you've ex talked about there as well is going, look, as a child, you do one creative thing. If your family go, mm, that's a bit silly, darling, or you never not do like it that... Again. You don't, or you yeah. do it in secret. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's that embolstering and emboldening, and yeah. now you're doing this incredible work. Yeah. And you're doing a sort of, what's so interesting, kind of this homemade but gorgeous-sounding pop. What's the response been from the mainstream industry? It's been really overwhelmingly positive, and uh, I guess that's such, a, that's such a big fear is seeing how, like, once you sort of hit wider groups of people, how it's going to resonate. Yeah. Um, and I feel very lucky that everything I've been doing has been 
received very positively. And I'm sure there'll be a time when there's some article that's absolutely slating me and my music. But I think if you've got a foundation of people that are important to you, that are supporting you, and you have been given the space to have that confidence in yourself, um, I don't think you so readily give that space to people who don't know you in the same way. And I think that's why supporting kids from a young age is so important because your nearest and dearest are the people that are going to make or break your confidence in enduring really formative years. And honestly, to pursue any sort of creative arts, you need an element of utterly blind confidence and delusion. Just a bit. And no one is going to instill that like parents. Absolutely. And, and some people do it as a reaction against their unsupportive parents, and some people do it because mm. they have been supported by their parents. But either way, you, you're right. You've got to have something about you that says, in the face of all the evidence, mm. I believe that I am going to find my audience. Yes. And, and I fully experienced that for years, that I would put on shows that people would say, this is really good, but it was always sort of... It, it was very limited in its scope, and you, you mm. have to keep... Like being brave about what you're prepared to say, and in, yeah. and I'd sort of given up on the industry. Really, I thought, well, now I'm just going to say the thing that I don't really dare say. Mm. Bridget Christie said to me, "You will never truly find your audience until you say what you're too scared to say." And I said, "Well, that's all right for you, Bridget, because you're a very strident feminist, and what you say sounds really impressive." What I want to say is, I'm a feminist, but I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I think they're all going to go, "Oh, boo." And she went, we'll find out. And, the, you know, instantly, you know, the hundreds of thousands of women were like, oh, fuck, thank God you've said that, because I also <laughs> don't think I'm doing it right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's just that moment of going, fuck it, and I'm just going to... I don't care anymore. I think, yeah. you know, that's what it is. How do you find... Because you produce your own work. Yeah. How do you find... Because we were talking backstage a little bit mm. and you were having a very interesting conversation with Grace Petrie about producing. Could you speak about producing uh, a bit in feminist terms? Yeah. Well, I think it's a really interesting industry, the music industry, because you have your very front-facing industry. You have your artists, you have glam, you have um, everyone carrying what everyone sees. Mm -hmm. And then you have everything behind the scenes, which is the vast majority of the people in the industry and, and the careers that are available are very much not, not on the stage. And um, they're more tech roles and, um, yeah, just, just not the front-facing stuff. And that's um, where I think representation is still very much lacking. Um, and especially in the production community, um, I mean the <laughs> the proportion of the of, of music producers that are gender minorities is something it's it's like less than three percent or something like that. So less than three percent, and by gender minorities, are you including women? Yes. Yeah. So the, fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, it's quite I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're not a minority. <laughs> We're actually a slight majority, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Or at least 50-50. If you take in women and then people of marginalised genders, 
be beyond that, we're looking at over 50% yeah, will, be, will be uh, not cisgendered men. Mm. But are you suggesting that nearly all the roles are taken by, or currently those yeah. positions are filled, let's say, by cisgender men? Yeah, and I mean, it's getting better. It definitely is getting better. And every day I see more more people like me in in um, behind the scenes and in tech roles. But it's definitely something that is still, as you say, bizarre because there's bloody loads of us. Yeah. But we're not... Not visible. Yeah. And it's hard to get those jobs. Yeah. And it's, it's an infrastructure thing and it starts from super young. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's if we are teaching young kids and especially um, young girls that they aren't suited to tech roles or we're being brought up feeling like we aren't good enough. I think then competitive industries where you sort of have to stick up for yourself a bit, I don't think you're going to get as many as many people who already feel marginalised going into those spaces with confidence and taking up the same space. Um, and I think that's where... That, that's why a lot of it is kind of still so out of balance and out of whack, really. Have you had experiences where you've gone in and not felt welcome or accepted or part of mm. that scene? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially for me, a lot of my um, experiences in the, li- in the live sector have been the most eye-opening. Um, where what have your eyes seen when they've opened? <laughs> not good stuff, not good stuff. What um, have I seen? <laughs> well, I mean, I've found that I've sort of needed to prove that I know what I'm talking about a lot of the time. Um, my current touring team is all um, women and non-binary crew, apart from my manager. And we will see in venues that even though my tour manager has introduced themselves, even though my um, my tech and sound engineer has introduced themselves, people will seek out my manager because they think, oh, the bloke knows what he's doing, you know? Uh. Uh, to a shocking point where he was napping in, in the seats because it wasn't, he it was his day off, he was just coming in for a bit of moral support. He had a pint <laughs> and they were going up to him rather than the rest of my team to ask a, a technical question and then he'd gone home after the show and we were on pack-up duty my manager's great by the way it was literally just not his job on the day <laughs> um he was in bed and got a call at 2 a.m because they were saying oh can you get the gear out and he was like you should call the touring team yeah. the assumptions that get made in these environments are really weirdly dated and um i think honestly it's just exposure from the teams in venues and um, in in like festival setups and stuff and I've worked with some incredible venues and some incredible teams because this is not across the board at all and we've had um, really good treatment and a lot of respect but we've also really had the opposite to the point where we've had members of ba- other bands on lineups with us come up to us and say I can't believe how that sound engineer spoke to you um, and it's just absolutely blown my mind because because I produce in my bedroom so much, I'm not in studio settings a lot of the time. So I don't necessarily... I mean, 
I'm not getting any sexism from myself in my bedroom. <laughs> no, yeah, limited, limited sexism. Yeah. Honestly, Although sometimes do you have a piece of cake and then go, her oh, ladies and I cake. Oh. <laughs> and then you go, don't call me a lady. And then you go, what do you want me called you then? Feminist hero, yay, yeah. high five, high five. Just to give yourself a bit more of an authentic experience. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, my intro is actually just a hallucination I had because I spent too much time by myself. <laughs> Um, what do you think about the Glastonbury lineup this year? Because there's been a lot of uh, controversy about it, mm. that it's an all-male lineup. Yeah. Um, what's your response to it? It's, it's really... It's not great. I'm not, not in support of it, really. Um, Would you be up for headlining if they called you? You know what? Have me. Have me. <laughs> Need to make up the numbers and I'm here. <laughs> what, what's extraordinary is that Lizzo's on the bill, but she's not one of the headliners. Mm. But Guns N' Roses, mm. which to be fair, Guns N' Roses are a lot more relevant and contemporary than Lizzo. <laughs> um, still living on a prayer. Is that theirs? <laughs> no. That's that Bon Jovi's? I don't, yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't think they should be headlining because I don't know their songs. <laughs> What's a Guns N' Roses song? Uh, this Sweet Child you. of Mine. Thank Someone you. Someone save me there. I'm the musician. That was bad. Thank <laughs> you. One person can come up with Sweet Child of Mine. What is a Lizzo song, everybody? See? More relevant, more contemporary, more now. A lot of young people wouldn't even know who Guns N' Roses were. Someone shouted, Welcome to the Jungle. And I thought they meant Lizzo. <laughs> Someone shouted, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. That's not Lizzo, though, Guns N' Roses. Oh, I see. No, yeah, no, that's definitely not Lizzo. I would know. Um, uh, I, listen, I am excited for what you're doing. And before you sing us another song, could you just tell us, what are you trying to express? Like, when you write music, what's trying mm. to come out of you? I think a lot of my music is advice to myself and then by extension sort of advice to anyone that wants to listen, really. Mm. Um, In that I, way, you really remind me of self-esteem. Yeah. It's a, I think, it's, I I think you're part of the same movement. Yeah, I think I just... I, I strongly believe that if you're sharing art and you have a platform, you should really use it to make the change that you want to see in the world. And I want to see more people with confidence and more people comfortable in themselves and happy and you know, feeling like they have the tools to to do their daily life. And I think that's when we're all a bit kinder and and the world is just a bit more gentle. So it's practical, compassionate pop. Yeah, and, and I mean, with just loads of mental health kind of themes, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I just want to spread good vibes. That's definitely what I want in my headphones. Yeah. Um, have you always identified as a feminist? Yeah. I think just out the womb. I was... Well... <laughs> yeah. I think um, I've, I've always sort of hated being put in a box. Always hated. I mean, also, I was an incredibly obnoxious, boisterous child. I had quite acute Tourette's. Um, and ADHD, and at school, as in primary school, I mean, like, it's, you know, this not this sort of ladylike behaviour. Um, so I think I've always rallied against the machine <laughs> um, from a young age because I've never really felt like I fit into the, the box that when I was, at least when I was growing up, this idea of being, being a girl um, never really worked for me. So 
I think I've always disconnected from this this I don't know this way of life that we want to push onto onto people and very much a a binary um, way of looking at the world and gender. Well, you are a very relevant and very contemporary artist, and I hope that you are uh, headlining at Glastonbury soon. Uh, when they get all of our tweets, I'm sure you will be. Uh, in the meantime, would you like to close our 350th episode of The Guilty wow. Feminist? Wow. Then in that case, please welcome back to the mic the incredible Ellie Dixon! So um, since it's the 350th, um, does anyone fancy a sing song? Yeah. The lungs have been working all evening. So um, this is a song that I put out last month. It's called Big Lizard Energy. <laughs> That's what I stand for. <laughs> and basically, um, I wrote it last year when I was having quite a lot of panic attacks. And um, I, I, I was just getting into ruts of overthinking and really blowing things out of proportion. So I decided to blow myself out of proportion instead in a last-ditch attempt to not be panicking. And just imagined I was a giant lizard and um, was crushing my problems like tiny houses. And it weirdly worked. Um, so I started writing a song about it. So, I'm going to show you how to sing this. Um, so, in the chorus, I'm going to go. Problems are big, but I'm bigger. One, two, three. Problems are big, but I'm bigger. Oh, that was lovely. <laughs> um, I'm a Jurassic killer. One, two, three. I'm a Jurassic killer. Easy. We'll sing the song now. So this is Big Lizard Energy. And the way that it started um, was I took an audio sample of someone playing the conga drums and I cut the drum beats and I distorted them into notes, which sounds like this. And I made it into a little beat. This is Big Lizard Energy. Think I got a problem with proportions. Freaking look, cause everything feels so damn important. Hit the red alert when it's just a bit of caution. Yeah, I drove myself to exhaustion. But I've been growing. Call it a five-star, could have dipped in. Over your roof, I'm a killer, I'm blowing. Perspective makes it all chiller. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. Problems 
not so scared when I'm 320 feet. Big lizard energy, cold blooded enemy, not so scared when I'm 320 feet. Big lizard energy, cold blooded enemy, not so scared when I'm 320 feet. Lizard energy, cold blooded enemy, not so scared when I'm 320 feet. Problems are big, but I'm bigger. I'm a Jurassic killer. Ah, just you guys. Problems are big, but I'm bigger. I'm a Jurassic killer. Thank you for singing a song about dinosaurs. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been Ellie Dixon. If you want to find me anywhere, just search E-L-L-I-E, Dixon with an X. And I'm going on tour in May. And you can find tickets. There's a London date, um, as well as various around the UK. Um, so go to elliedixonmusic.com and you can find tickets. Wonderful. Where are you playing in London, Ellie? Lafayette. The Lafayette. On yes. what date? Currently May 24th. Currently May 24th. May 24th. But yeah. We're figuring some stuff out. We're hoping okay. it's May 24th. Put May 24th in your diary, but pencil it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like highlight the whole month, keep it all free. So if you could keep the whole of May free for Ellie Dixon, and I think that's not unreasonable after the performance yeah. she's just given. <laughs> Ellie Dixon, everybody! Uh, find her music wherever you find music. Uh, follow her on socials. Are you on Ellie Dixon on socials? Yeah, Ellie Dixon Music. Ellie Dixon Music on all of the socials. Uh, get involved, get a ticket to her live show uh, and spread the word. Share her either on your socials or in real life with your face. Uh, tell someone about her. I think you'll agree this is a kind and joyful kind of pop that we really, really do need. Um, that's about something with substance. Um, thank you so much, Ellie, uh, for closing our 350th show. Um, this is what it was tonight. I was meant to say that at the beginning. <laughs> but I, instead, I, I had it as a twist at the end, which I think no one saw coming. It's like a Netflix show, isn't it? You think, oh, how did that... They, I never knew that was going to come out as him. Uh, it's like that. It's like that. It's like, we didn't know we were the 350th show. We should have had a cake. We should have brought a cake. Did anyone bring a cake? No, you didn't know. Um, what was that? Ladies and their cake! We've come full circle! What a callback! What a callback, my friend! Are you a comedian? No, but no, you are now. What's your name? Camilla. You can see Camilla at an open mic, probably down Leicester Square Theatre basement. That's, that's, that's the kind of callback. That's, that's a, I didn't see it, and you saw it. If Felicity had been here, she would have seen it, but she's not. So thank you very much. Uh, Camilla, listen, you have been an absolutely phenomenal audience. Um, we are doing more live shows at the Soho Theatre and at King's Place. If you go to guiltyfeminist.com, you'll be able to find them. Tom, when are they? Are they, they soon? <laughs> he shrugged off stage. 
He shrugged. Okay. What? Keep the whole of May free. <laughs> no, there's more coming up soon in March. I'm away in April, but if you're in Australia, I'll be doing a couple of shows there. Um, uh, and then more in May. But if you could come, because we've, you've, you've been one of our favourite audiences ever. So if you s specifically could come, again, to some of the others, um, we would like, if anything, I'd really like to just reassemble this audience here. <laughs> It'd be really great if we could all just come back together. Let's all agree. We'll all go to Ellie's show together. Possibly on May 24th, if everything works out. If not, I think I am free on May 24th, so I'll go. And we could all go together. And then if you could all come back to our upcoming run at the Soho Theatre and uh, King's Place, we'd love that because we've loved having you in the audience. You've been really, really joyful. I mean, this is one of our sort of more gallery... Um, uh, ridiculous fun shows because it's International Women's Day on Saturday night, Leicester Square. We didn't do any serious deep dives, but sometimes we do, as you know, and often we do. Uh, so please come along. We, we try and do all sorts of different shows. Um, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone at Leicester Square Theatre. Um, and because it's International Women's Day, International Women's Day, uh, my incredible right-hand woman, Gina DCO. Rachel Craftman, also, who books these shows. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, and can we have an enormous round of applause for everyone that we saw? Felicity Ward, yeah. Michelle de Schwartz, yeah. Helen Bauer, yeah. Grace Petrie. Yeah. And once again, the wonderful Ellie Dixon. Yeah. Are you, would you, are you, are you, Ellie's trying to get off the stage, honestly. Um, <laughs> It's been a really wonderful night. Tom, is there anything I've forgotten to say? No? Okay. Um, thank you so much for coming out. You've been an absolutely wonderful audience. We've been The Guilty Feminist. I've been Deborah Francis-White. Thank you and good night! You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, and my very special guests, Felicity Ward, Helen Bauer, Michelle DeSwart, Grace Petrie, and Ellie Dixon. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selinsky for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Craftman, Gina DiCio, Zaina Muhammad, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre, as well as all of you for Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Just leave it at the bit, because he, he slid into my DMs. Cut this out as well. Uh, there's there's going to be so little of this left. He slid into my... He hardly ever fucking cuts it out as well. He, he goes, oh, no, but it was funny, so I left it in. So I'm literally saying cut it out to direct him to things he thinks <laughs> it's going to be funny. I'll leave it in.
The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.